0: Welcome to the MarTech
1: Podcast. Today, we're going to hear about how to get more results from the traffic you're already getting. Joining us is Will Lawrenson, who is the founder and CEO of Customers Who Click, which is a consultancy that helps its clients optimize their customer journey to turn paid traffic into customers, increase their average order values, and retain those customers for longer. Will is also the host of the very popular Customers Who Click Podcast. Yesterday, Will and I talked about why CRO needs to be a marketer's main focus, and today we're going to continue the conversation talking about whether you should be conversion rate optimizing for conversions or for value. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Will Lawrenson, founder and CEO of Customers Who Click. Will, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast.
2: Hi, thanks for having me again.
1: Pleasure to have you back on the show. We had a good conversation yesterday talking about why CRO is so important You're spending all this time getting the traffic. There's no point in getting traffic unless you're actually going to make sure that you're getting something out of it. It's a lot easier to retain your existing customers than to find new ones as well. But the problem with CRO, at least the concern that I have, is you never know what to test. It's really hard to prioritize those things. And I guess one of the big considerations is not only, hey, what should I be testing that could have a business impact, but what am I actually optimizing for? Talk to me about your thoughts on optimizing for conversions or for value.
2: Sure. So obviously, a key part of conversion rate optimization is you're getting conversions. You're improving the number of people who take the action that you want them to take. That might be submitting a lead form, signing up for a demo, creating an account, or buying a product. And when you run these tests, you're always going to be looking at some of these micro conversions as well. So it could be filling out the form, which results in you creating that account. could be adding to cart. It could be filling in your shipping details on a checkout. But the key thing that I think a lot of people miss is you need to focus on the value that you're getting from these customers. And the best way to do that is by focusing on the value and the benefits that your product is going to provide people. Because at the end of the day, you can run a huge sale, you can advertise a 50% off code or a lifetime discount to your SaaS tool, and you will get loads of people signed up, you'll get loads of people to purchase, but they may never come back. Because you've put them in a position where they're looking at the product thinking, this is probably the product that's going to solve my problem. Like it kind of looks like it from the bullet points, it kind of sounds like it. But it's so cheap, I just I can take a punt on it. You've made it so cheap, that the risk is so low to me that I might as well just have a go. And you're going to drive a huge number of conversions that are really low intent, low interest. And it's going to be really difficult for you to sell to them further because they have no real attachment to your brand. And they have no real way of understanding whether that product really is going to solve their problem. Because it's probably not been explained on the product page. They haven't clicked buy thinking, I can't wait for this to turn up because it's going to solve my problems. They've clicked by thinking, all right, that was dirt cheap. It doesn't really matter. Like I've done it several times myself, even recently. I actually had a package arrive earlier today, just before I jumped on this podcast, and I had no idea what was in this package because it was something that I think I just paid shipping for it. It was a hundred percent discount on the product. I just paid shipping. So I said I remember saying to myself at the time, there's no risk here. I'm just gonna pay the, I think it was £1.50 or something to get it shipped to me. I'd completely forgotten about it. So when it turned up, it was a bit of a surprise. Mm -hmm. I don't feel particularly invested in it. You know, I'm just giving it a go.
1: There was a line from The Simpsons, the old animated TV show, and I believe it was the Dr. Nick character, the sort of like shady doctor who was selling appendectomies for 50% off or something like that. And his line was, it's such a good deal. How could you afford not to buy it? What you're talking about here is, you know, if you're just trying to drive a high volume of conversions, you might be selling them at a loss. You might not be building customer value. So you're not generating repeat purchases. And so to me, what you're inferring is this is really a decision that you have to look at what your business model is. If you're selling sub $5 impulse purchase, I bought an impulse purchase right around Christmas. It was a Christmas ornament that was a dumpster that had the numbers 2020 on the front of it. And it had a little fake fire that was coming out of it because last year for everyone was an effing dumpster fire. And I thought it was a little gag gift. I was going to give them to my in-laws and some of the family members. Of course, they showed up in January, and then I couldn't remember what website I bought them from. I couldn't return it, but they were like five bucks. Hey, look, if you're selling an inexpensive impulse purchase trying to take a couple bucks out of somebody's wallet, you got to sell at high volume. You should be optimizing for conversions. If you've got a higher price point product, you're going to need to start thinking about optimizing for value. That or if you want somebody to have a repeat relationship. You have to not only establish that first purchase, right, get the customer's information, make a sale. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, Half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it but also think about the long-term game. So how do you evaluate what value is when you're doing conversion rate optimization?
2: So the key thing is to look at, obviously, like average audit value. That's one of the things. You want to make sure that at least stays steady. You might have some tactics and strategies which do have a negative impact on that, but you're expecting them to have such a good improvement on conversion that it outweighs that negative impact on value. But we're talking maybe reducing the value by a few percent points or something, but to get 10, 15, maybe 20% improvement in conversion. Then the key thing is to look at kind of repeat purchase and, and that lifetime value. Because if you're, let's go back to another e commerce example, let's say you're a fashion store and you've got hundreds of different products, different categories. If you're not getting repeat purchase, it means you've got an issue, right? No matter how many people you're converting, if you're not getting them to come back, it means they're not seeing value in your products, which means you're not demonstrating that value properly. So you're not selling the product properly. You're not convincing people that these are the right products for them. And most likely what's happening is in that example where you've got a lot of different products, you've probably given high discounts, free shipping. And again, that person has just gone. It's a bit of an impulse purchase. Why wouldn't I? I'll, just, I'll give it a go. But they haven't built that brand relationship. There's no almost no memory of that brand. That product I mentioned earlier, I couldn't tell you what the brand is. I've got no idea.
1: Yeah. When I bought my twenty twenty dumpster fire Christmas ornaments, I literally couldn't find the receipt or the website. And that's the you know negative brand value in my mind. I it couldn't actually remember it. And I made a purchase. At the end of the day, when you're thinking about CRO for conversions or value, you know, I mentioned before, hey, look, it depends on what your business model is. If you're low price point in purchase, you might be thinking about just volume of orders. If you are high average selling price, you got to think about the value that you're creating with the transaction. At the end of the day, you really do need both, right? You need to understand what the value is per transaction, the number of transactions, and then what you're doing to your web properties, to your mobile apps that impacts both of those. Maybe you have a sale and you drive 10x the number of conversions, but you're cutting the average order value in half, there's no point in running that sale. You were doing the same amount of activity before. Twice the conversions, half the revenue, same thing you had before. So, well, as you start to think about making these assessments, conversions, value, sort of the order of operations for conversion rate optimization? How much should marketers be thinking about learning how to do this in-house? How much should they be bringing in other resources to help them master conversion rate optimization?
2: Well, as a consultant, I feel I should say you should definitely look at external people. Getting that third party is obviously really helpful, but you don't have to have an expert team in-house. You just need people to understand that depending on the business, you can't just optimize for conversion. Because what will inevitably happen is you'll optimize for conversion by adding free shipping and giving people a 20% discount if they sign up for your newsletter first. And you just start digging into that value piece. Whereas if you really, really convince someone that that product is right for them, they shouldn't need the discount. And I guess one example I can give is I've got two clients. And with both of them, we're seeing that whether people convert on the email pop-up, which gives their discount, Whether or not they convert seems to have no impact on their actual conversion rate, right? These people arrive on the website, they arrive on the website because they're looking for that product. They want to buy that product. They're not arriving to get a discount. You're just giving them that discount in the hopes that it will improve conversion because you're hoping you'll capture people who are going to abandon the site. But what we're seeing is it doesn't seem to have any impact at all, except that you're giving them a discount.
1: Yeah, I think that the rationale for the pop-up, mostly in e-commerce sites, is if I can't collect your contact information, I can't build a long-lasting relationship with you. I'm dependent on you remembering my brand, so I have to advertise to you. So I'll give you 20% off the first order, even if it doesn't impact your conversion rate or even if it doesn't make you buy more stuff, because I want the ability to continue to market to you so I don't have to spend the advertising dollars. And that's another piece of calculus that you have to figure out.
2: Exactly. That is what people are doing. But if you look into the data and see that those people are going on to buy anyway, I mean, you can split test it. So with one of the clients, we're split testing it. And we're seeing that one of the pop-ups just says, give us your email address, we'll send you a newsletter. And the other says, give us your email address, we'll give you a discount and add you to our newsletter. Now, the discount pop-up converts a lot better. We get about three and a half times as many people adding their email address in. But the conversion rate in the 14 days since they see that pop-up is pretty much identical. So the pop-up is having no real impact on people actually purchasing. So I get the point around marketers want to try and capture that data. So they've got those email addresses, they can continue to email them. They can add them to Facebook retargeting lists and all that. But why not just do it after the purchase? Why not convince people, work on the website, work really hard to convince them that they have arrived on the correct website. They have arrived on a website which is going to sell them a product which is going to change their lives. When they make that purchase, give them a great post-purchase experience, which convinces them to hand over their email address. Well, oh, they don't even have to hand over the email because they've done that already. Convince them to just click that one button which says, yeah, I'd like to hear from you uh, in the future. Surely it's a lot easier to do that. Once, once you've convinced them to hand over even $10, $15, just to click that one button which says, it could even say we'll give you a discount. We'll give you a discount in a second.
1: I'll go back to my first comment when we started this conversation uh, in our episode yesterday conversion rate optimization scares the crap out of me because even the things that you think are table stakes. Hey, e-commerce sites show a pop-up, give a discount, collect an email. That's, you know, best operating practices. Even those things are things that you can test, you can iterate. It's a never-ending list of things that you can always be evaluating which is great if you're in conversion rate optimization. As a consultant, it's scary as a marketer and as a podcaster. Will, I appreciate you coming on the podcast and telling us a little bit about your practices and hopefully the audience learns something about conversion rate optimization as well.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me.
1: All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Will Lawrenson, founder and CEO of Customers Who Click, for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Will, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Will Laurenson, W-I-L-L-L-A-U-R-E-N-S-O-N, or you could visit his company's website, which is customerswhoclick.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.